one of my favorite leaders in America and the whole world. And it's been this way for really a couple of decades in, in, in my involvement in public policy and politics, because he's such a real leader. He's so genuine. He doesn't need politics. He's never needed a dime from the government or any of the books that he sold or anything else. He's, he's a genuine American hero in his own right and a true, true public servant. Folks, without a do, you know that I'm talking about Dr. Ben Carson because you signed up and, and you downloaded this podcast to listen to. But we wanted to check in with our friend. Dr. Carson is a retired neurosurgeon. Uh, Dr. Carson has uh, uh, been a pioneer in, in the um, science of neurosurgery. Uh, Johns Hopkins and other uh, places. He's, God has used his hands to perform flat out miracles on, on the living and uh, uh, the living that have not yet been born. And, and he's just an amazing uh, person. He's done so much for our movement. If you uh, follow our 40 state organizations and, and get to come out and, and listen to the galas, uh, uh, I bet he speaks at um, five to 10 of them a year uh, because he believes in our shared mission. And it's just a privilege uh, uh, because I'm from Detroit and I'm reporting to you from Detroit right now, Dr. Carson, uh, to also mention that we have that uh, shared um, background, you and I. And it's just a privilege to have you on this show. Uh, the 17th uh, um, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. We're going to talk about other stuff today, but but thank you for being with us today, Dr. Carson. I'm absolutely delighted to be with you and appreciate the fact that you're a patriot. Well, you, you are a genuine hero of ours, and, and it seems as though when God made you, uh, you have living water in you, or living fuel, I should say, because a lot of people, they build a career in neurosurgery, and they retire, and they say, well, I did, you know, I did my part, Lord, I saved a lot of lives, I showed up for work, and, and then other people get involved, and they change their community where they live, and, and some even volunteer nationally, and they say, that's it, Lord, I've done enough. Uh, um, you've served in the cabinet. You continue to change America for the better. Housing and urban development, folks. Family policy doesn't get any trickier than that. Uh, well, uh, it was interesting because uh, I never intended to get into public policy. Yeah. Uh, I intended to retire at age 61 because I had done a survey. People told me that neurosurgeons die early. So I wrote down the name of the last 10 that I knew who died and calculated the average age of death, and it was 61. So I said, I'm going to retire when I turn 61 if I'm still alive. And I was going to become a really good golfer and uh, do a lot of traveling and read all the books that I never got a chance to read. It was going to be great. And then I gave the National Prayer Breakfast keynote in 2013. And after that, everybody was saying, you should run for president. And I was saying, these people are crazy. I said, if I just ignore them, it'll go away. But it didn't go away. Every place that I went there, people would run, Ben, run signs. And I had over 500,000 petitions in my office. I, I just finally said, Lord, if you really want me to do this, you have to give me all the things that someone who runs for president has, like an organization and a lot of money and a Rolodex with all the important names. And I said, I don't have any of those things, nor do I plan to develop them. Next thing I knew, they were all there. <laughs> so our organization was raising more money than the RNC. <laughs> so, but it was it was pretty cool, you know, traveling around the country. I visited all 50 states, from the smallest little hamlets to the biggest cities. And the thing that impressed me the most was the fact that most Americans actually have common sense. What they don't have is courage. 
And that's what we have got to get people to realize you cannot be the land of the free if you're not the home of the brave. Well, tell us now, and that leads us directly to some of the work that you're doing. So tell us about the American Cornerstone Institute. Well, when uh, the Trump administration was finished, I once again looked forward to retirement. I said, this time I'm going to do it. But, uh, you know, in looking at the direction that our country was heading, I said, uh, I would not have any fun out on the golf course watching my country go down the tubes. So myself and some outstanding people from Hood got together and created the American Cornerstone Institute, which is a think tank slash do tank, because we don't just think, we do stuff too. And um, basically to refocus people on those cornerstone principles that made us into a great nation. It wasn't a coincidence that we went from a bunch of ragtag militiamen to the pinnacle of the world in less than a century. That was because of our belief system. And uh, chief among those cornerstones was our faith, our Judeo-Christian values, which taught us to love your neighbor, not to hate your neighbor, not to cancel your neighbor if they have a different yard sign. Very different. The cornerstone of liberty or freedom, which was the magnet that attracted so many people to this country from all over the world, the ability to live the life that you wanted to lead and not to have a bunch of government bureaucrats telling you what you had to do and when you had to do it. And our founders worked very hard to give us a constitution to preserve that kind of freedom. And then the cornerstone of community, working together, living together, not necessarily all thinking the same thoughts, but learning the concept of the common good. That was how America succeeded. You had little communities of only 50 or 100 families, nobody else around for 50 or 100 miles. But not only did they survive, but they thrived because they understood the concept of the common good. They didn't even speak the same language, but they knew how to take care of each other and, uh, you know, if Mr. Jones broke his leg during harvest season, everybody else harvested his crops, no questions asked. That sense of community was vital to creating a strong nation. And then the concept of life, from the womb to the tomb, respect for life. And as we've moved away from that respect for life, look what's happened to our relationships with each other. And uh, so we really want to recapture all of those things. And that was the purpose of the American Cornerstone Institute. And then it had uh, branches like uh, the Little Patriots program, because we don't want to forget about the children. The children are our future. And uh, of course, one of the things that the COVID, the pandemic demonstrated is that our children were being indoctrinated in many cases. And, uh, you know, instead of teaching them the basics that they need to succeed in life, they were being taught about which pronouns should you use? Are you really a girl or a boy? Uh, if you're white, you're an oppressor. If you're a minority, you're a victim. You know, are you kidding me? And uh, as a result of that, you know, look what's happened. We recently saw the manifestation of all that kind of indoctrination 
with the campuses that are so anti-Semitic. Uh, all these kinds of things because the Palestinians are viewed as victims and the Jewish people as oppressors. And that whole Marxist scheme divides everybody up into the oppressors and the oppressed and victims. And uh, they use these kinds of things to divide our society on the basis of race, age, income, gender, religion, political affiliation, you name it, drive wedges, divide the people because our country is far too strong to be brought down militarily, but it can be brought down from inside. And, and that was the whole purpose of the, the faith and family tour uh, that we're initiating uh, this year, be traveling across the country, trying to get people to realize what's happening to our country and that we, the American people, are not each other's enemies. We're being manipulated into thinking that we're each other's enemies, but we really are not. And that we need to bring back the thing that made us strong, our families. Our families are under attack. And, uh, you know, if you look at a lot of the Marxist literature, you know, they're not too fond of traditional families because that becomes a source of strength and they want the government to be the only source of strength. And uh, that's the reason that they also are very anti-faith. And, you know, we want people to understand uh, who we are as a nation. We want people to understand our real history and that's why we teach the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, but the fact of the matter is, there's a heck of a lot more good than there is bad and ugly. And there are those people who try to take the bad and ugly and uh, make those the cornerstones of who we are. Right. Say that we're a systemically racist country, we're unfair to people. But if we were so horrible, why were all these people trying to get in here? Yeah. So you and I, we're from Detroit. I brought that up. And, and let, let me play out one of the things that you just said. So racism exists. <clears throat> There's been racists for thousands, you know, both predated America. There will be racists for thousands of years. They go forward. But what we recognize in our culture is that that's a very harmful. It's not scriptural. There's not any fruit that comes from you judging somebody based on the way they look, the, you know, the color of their skin. And that was a toxic, you know, uh, combination in America. And it seems as though we had a recognition of the harm of that. And, and you take places like where we're from, Dr. Carson. I'm so glad we're talking today. But we did have black-white racism. You know, uh, uh, my parents were both, you know, born in 1940 and grew up in Detroit and, you know, the rest of it. But now I have the privilege, two generations later, my kids are going to the same school I went to, and there's 47 different first languages spoken, mm -hmm. it, you know, as their first language in, in the Detroit area. It's just this wonderful cosmic politan you know diversity everybody talks about and and it seems as though it's ruining their industry almost like it's acts 1923 but they're saying wait a second i was molding these artemis statues and you're putting me out of business i need artemis to be god not your god they're saying i need racism you're you're eviscerating it in detroit so i need to have wall street journal articles calling dearborn you know jihadists and i need to have 
uh, uh, people ranked by the white people in the school are, are bad and the, the different races are ranked in the right. DEI and ESG is, now I don't mean to say that, I was raised a you know, middle-class white kid in, in Detroit, different experience than yours, but when I hear what you're talking about is that you're actually trying to apply some of the things you learned in your youth as the origin of these these vile things and you're trying to teach and, and lift America up out of them. Is, is right. that what American Cornerstone Institute in, in, in the Little Patriots program are meant is to not do the exact same thing that white people are doing to black people, you know, in, in the old days? Is that what we're trying to avoid? Well, we, we in, in fact, uh, as you've stated, we want to look at the positive things that have happened, uh, the positive aspects of this country. The reason that so many people are trying to come here, even with people bad-mouthing our country, and, you know, you, you take something like racism. Uh, was there a lot of racism in our country? Yes. When I was a kid growing up in Detroit, uh, it was ubiquitous. I tell the this, this story in my book, Gifted Hands, about when I was in the eighth grade, and they gave a special certificate for the kid with the highest academic achievement. And... I had turned everything around academically, gone from the bottom of the class to the top of the class, and I was going to get the award. And you had to take your report card around to each class, and the teacher would mark it. And I had all A's, and I was down to the last class, which was banned. And the turkey gave me a C to ruin my report card so that I wouldn't get the award. But to his chagrin, it turned out that banned didn't count, so I got the award anyway. And uh, one of the teachers got up during the award ceremony and chastised all the white kids because you're not trying hard enough. Because how can this black kid be number one? And that kind of attitude was actually prevalent in those days. It has changed dramatically now. People don't even think that way anymore. Um, and you think about when I was six years old, I went to Tennessee. And I remember seeing the whites only and color only signs and somebody was explaining to me why you needed to observe that. And uh, now in the same lifetime, and I emphasize that the exact same lifetime, now we have black generals and admirals and CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and heads of foundations and university presidents. We've had a president of the United States. I mean, to say that we haven't made tremendous progress is ridiculous. It doesn't mean that we've reached utopia, uh, but it means that we've made massive progress. And what we have to do is learn. We have to learn from our past, learn from our mistakes, learn from our triumphs, and use them in a way that works for all of us and not allow ourselves to be hacked apart and destroyed. So how can we be helping you with this? Because your lived experience, thank you for bearing witness to that. Thank you for being comfortable to share that with our audience. Um, that's why we're talking to you today. You're a trusted voice to us, Dr. Carson. Um, you, you've, uh, you've gone before us uh, uh, with some of these hard fights with public policy, and you've been called all sorts of names, and you, you, you've been, you know, people have given you a rough ride. And that's what people are experiencing right now that are, are working in volunteering uh, to try to make a difference in 2024. A lot of people uh, believe it's not just the presidency anymore. It's it's the local school district and it's the local you know elected officials, and they're animated. They want to be involved. So how can we be involved 
Dr. Carson with uh, the American uh, Cornerstone Institute. How can we plug in with you? Obviously, folks, uh, and before we say anything, we are a fan and we are a partner and we were going to be promoting what Dr. Carson does. There's going to be links here for you. Uh, um, and as you check back, we're going to keep those links current so you can plug right in. But I, I always like when we have a guest on for you to explain what you would like to see uh, uh, from our audience. We have 50,000 churches in America uh, uh, that work with us every week through our 40 state organizations, millions of Christians in the body of Christ right now. How, how can we be uh, helping right now, Dr. Carson? AmericanCornerstone.org, uh, that's the website. And uh, just go there and look at the multitudinous things that are there, um, educational tools, uh, for instance, we have the Executive Branch for America. And all this stuff is free, by the way, because we get wonderful underwriters from all over the country who recognize the importance of what we're doing and underwrite the cost. Otherwise, it would be prohibitively expensive. Uh, but uh, the Executive Branch for America tells you exactly how the government works. Uh, and we're actually aiming it particularly at college student, students and uh, young professionals who might want to get involved in government so that they can hit the ground running. They don't have to spend the first year like deer in the headlights trying to figure out what's going on and how things interact. And uh, as a special feature of that, we have uh, interviews with people like the former head of the Office of Management and Budget, public liaison, uh, many of the cabinet positions. All of these uh, interviews are conducted by uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who's a, a good friend and supporter. And uh, you'll see many people that you know and uh, are very fond of giving their perspectives on government. We want you to get involved. We want you to go to your school board meetings. We want you to run for the school board. We want you to make sure that you understand the privilege of voting. You know, most people, they don't study. They don't know who the candidates are. They don't know what their record is. When they go into the voting booth, they just look for the name that looks familiar. It could be Satan. Oh yeah, I know that one. In many cases it is, you know, you don't really want to do that. You want to vote intelligently and put the people in who have the same values as you do because the, the vast majority of Americans actually have good values but they're not active and they're, they, they just sort of sit and observe and complain and uh, our, our founders knew something very important. They studied every governmental system that ever existed in the history of the world they were eclectics. They extracted the good stuff and threw out the bad stuff because they wanted to create the, the, the kind of society that would remain free. They also recognized in studying all the governmental systems that existed that all governments tend to move in the same direction. They grow, they infiltrate, and they dominate. And they wanted to give us something that would prevent that from happening. You can already see it happening in our society. You know, the whole COVID mandate thing was a very good example of how they can use something to get into your lives. But 
you know, you look how we have a government now that's trying to tell you what kind of car you should be driving, when in fact, market forces should determine what kind of car you should drive. That's how we, that's one of the ways we got to the pinnacle. We allowed market forces to drive innovation and entrepreneurship. And if we don't drive those things, we'll become like everybody else. You know, in the last 100, 150 years, 90% of the major inventions came out of the United States of America. Is that because we have smarter people than everybody? No, it's because we had an environment that encouraged entrepreneurship and innovation. And the system that was created was a wonderful system, and we need to continue that. With our Little Patriots uh, program, yeah, before you jump into that, I want to say that on the Little Patriots, because I agree with you and folks, you know that we're taking this very seriously, that that um, we thought that our elected officials could do everything for us. And, and if we had a majority, so to speak, or government control somewhere of people we perceived to be on our side, that we could just trust that our kids are being protected. COVID, other things showed that that's not true. And, and, and it's, it's unreasonable to think somebody in Washington, D.C. or somebody in your state Department of Education truly knows what's going on in the classroom where you live. So parents, you do need to be involved in parenting your kids. You do need to be involved. This is not Dr. Carson saying it. This is Craig DeRoche saying it. So don't yell at him. Uh, uh, I believe, you can say it too, Dr. Carson, you believe in that. But, but, but I, and I know you do. I'm just teasing you. He is in, in the Little Patriots program answering a question for parents like me that I can say that and I can be all self-righteous and, and pious. But the truth is I don't have time and I don't have the materials to educate my kids well, the way I would like to, right? And Dr. Carson, this is part of why I think he's an American hero. He knows that's the gap. He's been a father. He's been a grandfather. He's helped a lot of other families out. And he has this experience and he has access to resources so you've developed resources to help people like me, like the uh, Star Spangled Adventures cartoon series and stuff like that. Tell us about this Little Patriots program, because that's what, folks, this isn't a lecture you're getting from Dr. Carson. This is, he's here to help you. He's here to help you. And that's why we want to learn about American Cornerstone Institute, Little Patriots program. Dr. Carson, thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Jump right back in Little Patriots program. Well, with the Little Patriots program, we're stimulated by the Bible verse, Proverbs 22, 6, which says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Unfortunately, the Marxists understand that too. And it was Vladimir Lenin, one of the fathers of Marxism, who said, give me your children to teach for four years, and the seed that I sow will never be uprooted. We have to make sure that we plant the right seeds, and that's what the program is all about. We have uh, something called Star Spangled Adventures, which is an animated cartoon series. Uh, each series uh, develops one particular uh, topic. So you, for instance, have uh, the Star Spangled Banner and how that came about. Uh, Lewis and Clark, uh, the Constitution. They're, and it's done in a very entertaining way. And there are lesson plans that go with each of them uh, so that you can really dive into it as much as you want. And it's particularly good for home schools, uh, but also many uh, private schools are adopting it. Even in some public schools, the state of Alaska 
has added it officially to its curriculum. And uh, there are a few other states that are planning to do that as well. And, you know, we just want to make sure that we get the right information to our kids because your history determines your identity. And your identity is the basis of your beliefs. That's why so many on the progressive side are so anxious to destroy our history or rewrite our history so that they can then inculcate their doctrines and their beliefs. This is the reason that whenever ISIS makes a conquer, they destroy the history of the place. They destroy the museums and the libraries and all of these things so that they can implant their own philosophies and indoctrinate the people in an appropriate way. That's what's going on in our society. And one of the reasons that we're going around and doing the faith and family tour is to make sure that people know what's happening because Marxism operates best in the darkness when people don't actually know what they're doing and manipulate them. And the sad thing, of course, is that our media uh, has been unfortunately commandeered uh, by the Marxists. Now, a lot of us think that this is something of recent origin. But if you go back and you look at the congressional record, January the 10th, 1963, more than 60 years ago, uh, the Congressman Herlong from Florida read into the congressional record the 45 goals of communism in this country. One of them was to gain control of the media and of Hollywood so that they could gradually uh, affect the, the entire psyche of the nation. And the sad thing is the media doesn't seem to realize that the first thing communists and Marxist regimes do when they gain full power is control the media. They don't realize that they're digging their own grave and they need to be on the side of the people and they need to recognize the reason that the press is the only business that is protected by the Constitution is because they were supposed to disseminate unbiased information to the people because the country was to be run on the will of the people. Now, a lot of people in Europe and other places thought that was crazy. You can't have a country run on the will of the people. Those Americans are absolute crazy people. And yet, it obviously worked, and it worked very well to the extent that in 1831, Alexis de Tocqueville came here from Europe to try to figure out what the heck was going on. Because they were saying, how could this nation barely 50 years old already be competing with us on virtually every level? And, you know, he looked at our government. He was duly impressed by our system of checks and balances. And he looked at our business environment, and he was very impressed by the innovation and entrepreneurship and how our government actually encouraged that. And then he looked at our educational system, and he was completely flabbergasted. He could find a mountain man in the middle of the forest, and the guy could read. The guy could tell you about the Declaration of Independence. Our educational system was incredible. 
And if you really want to be impressed, go back and look at an exit exam for the sixth grade 150 years ago. See what you had to know just to get out of the sixth grade. I doubt most of the adults today could pass that test. But where there was a tremendous emphasis on education. And then the thing that impressed them the most, however, were the churches and the fiery sermons that came from those pulpits that stimulated our militia, our ragtag militia, to defeat the most powerful military force on earth and gave our citizens a sense of morality. Now, some people will immediately attack and they say they didn't have morality because they had slavery. Well, you know, some people try to make it seem like slavery makes us uniquely evil. But the fact of the matter is, if, if you know world history, there is no society, no civilization that hasn't had to deal with slavery. And in fact, there are more slaves in the world today than there have ever been when you look at human trafficking. And the thing that makes America unique is not that we had slavery, it's that we had so many people who vehemently opposed it that we fought a bloody civil war and lost a large portion of our population to get rid of the evil institution. And we learned from that. That's what we need to be teaching our children, not that we are inherently evil. Well, Dr. Carson, I'm, I want to ask you about um, Perilous Fight Tour and how people can be involved in there. But what you just said is really poignant. And this is, again, these are my words, not yours. Um, I was enslaved to alcohol addiction for 25 plus years of my life uh, before I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Um, I see people getting snared by gambling, uh, sex, pornography, uh, debt. Uh, I could go on. You know, we solve our problems in all sorts of unscriptural uh, ways that we look to as our as our solution. And, and, and certainly these things were there, but but we have a lot of hope. And, and um, I just want to say that that's really triggering me these days where, where um, this talk about our past, where we absolutely get one thing complete. And it wasn't just the one thing. We also treated women as, as uh, you know, uh, black men were able to vote before uh, uh, white women, <laughs> you know, in America by decades. We treat all, and now we're treating the unborn as though they're not human beings. And to some of us in the Christian faith, they're all uniquely, uh, 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 I'm not saying they're apples and apples, uh, uh, but I'm saying that as evil goes, um, I recognize it. Uh, I'm becoming uh, clear that if we defeat these great scourges of slavery, they'll be replaced with Jim Crow. And Jim Crow will be replaced with uh, uh, um, Roe versus Wade. We'll be replaced with these other schemes that try to devalue someone's liberty and, and their individual uh, franchise they have. But you have helped us and, and, and you're out front and, and, and you're pouring your experience in to the American Cornerstone Institute. You're inviting uh, those of you in this audience, Family Policy Alliance. You get to hear from Dr. Carson all the time when you come to our events. He's one of our favorite, favorite leaders. It's a privilege to be with you today, sir. Um, what can we be doing? Uh, what should we know about the Perilous Fight Tour? And then uh, I'll, I'll, I got one more question for you as we, we wrap up uh, um, and, we'll, and we'll get the army assembled for you, uh, Dr. Carson, ready to take the field here today. Well, I, I hope people are realizing that as we move further away from our faith, we're spiraling downward very rapidly. And the Faith and Family Tour is to help people realize that. And you can go to the website, AmericanCornerstone.org, to find out more about where we will be 
uh, possible that we can come to to your church. Um, we have an application form there to, to make that possibility. And uh, we also encourage people to look at organizations like My Faith Votes that encourages you to vote your values, vote your faith, and to start early. Don't wait until the last minute. Start early discovering who these people are that are running and how you can get involved, how you can perhaps become one of the uh, people who observe at the polling places. One of the reasons that Glenn Youngkin won the governorship in Virginia is because they had 95% of the precincts observed carefully. And that really cut down on mischief that was done. That's what we need to be doing because there is mischief going on. Absolutely. So Dr. Carson, um, and, and a lot of that mischief was cut down by the great organization, the Family Foundation of Virginia. Uh, Victoria Cobb, those of you that get to see her on this show and these podcasts occasionally, uh, we have a big task in front of us, and that's a great transition, uh, Dr. Carson. You've been on the ballot. You've run for president. Uh, uh, you've been in the cabinet of a president, and, and now you are inspiring and you're helping Americans discern where they might roll up their sleeves and apply their own leadership, You know, their time and their talent and their energy. Um, are you optimistic? Uh, uh, for America uh, as we head into the 24 election? Uh, um, because we, we like to, our audience can sometimes, they watch the news, they get a little depressed. We at Family Policy Alliance or organizations have never seen an opportunity like this. Mm -hmm. But somebody who's experienced at the levels that you're experienced at in service to our country, uh, what are you thinking? Do you think we have an opportunity to improve our situation here at the ballot box this year as Christian social mm -hmm. conservative voters? Well, I can tell you uh, from my experience in Washington, D.C., there's a lot of evil and there's a lot of corruption. However, if God was willing to save Sodom and Gomorrah for the sake of 10 people, we got this. We're okay. But we have to do our part. That's the key. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think it's out there in a great way to get him started it is for you to share this podcast and the great work of Dr. Carson, the American Cornerstone Institute. He put, puts a lot of this into it, and it's a brilliant strategy, and it has the tactics that we need as parents, as uh, uh, Christians, and as just concerned citizens where we live to roll up our sleeves and to take the field. So, Dr. Carson, it's, it, it's always a privilege to get time with you. Thank you for sharing uh, um, your experience and this wonderful invitation for engagement uh, to our audience and, and know that you can count on us at Family Policy Alliance and in our uh, state organizations to continue to work side by side with you, sir. You're an inspiration to us all. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure being with you. We are going to win. Thank you. Amen. Brought to you by Family Policy Alliance. Our vision is a nation where God is honored, religious freedom flourishes, families thrive, and life is cherished.